Oh, we're clapping. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Chandler just really likes to. Oh, oops. I just, I forgot my mic was new and I just definitely <laughs> clipped it. Okay, we're going to turn mean, the game down. I'm it's clipping. It's cool. It's cool. I Ugh. probably wasn't going to leave in the part where we all shout, I'm recording, and Chandler claps a whole bunch anyway. So. <laughs> are, you sh- are you sure? That sounds like the perfect way to open up a podcast. <laughs> I think that's a missed opportunity, right? And then, like, you, <laughs> you fade you fade into the theme music. Uh, insert theme music. <laughs> 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 Hey, it's Corey, your DM. Welcome back to Vibe Proficiency, a D&D podcast about death, reading the back of the pamphlet, and answering in song form, I guess. Uh, it's been a minute, gang. Thanks for your patience. I uh, I moved towards the beginning of the year, and I, I really thought that'd be a simple process. I figured I'd finish up with that within a week or so and sort of be back to editing these episodes. But as it turns out, it's just, it's a lot of work moving. Getting all your stuff into the new place and, you know, selling the old one and hanging curtains and blinds and ceiling fans because you just, you kind of forget that these things don't come with a new house. <laughs> like buying your first ever lawnmower and, and figuring out how to receive mail at a new address. And like all the while for like months there, I was just kind of working a full-time job in the dark on the floor of my home office because none of the furniture had been delivered yet. Like, it's kind of been a wild ride. Um, I really appreciate you sticking it out and waiting for new episodes. It, I mean, it really means a lot. Uh, another quick note, if you haven't rated the show on Apple Podcasts, it would be really awesome of you to do so. And uh, you can actually rate podcasts that you listen to on Spotify now. So uh, if that's your jam, maybe consider taking a moment to do that too, or don't. I'm not your dad. Uh, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Vibe Proficiency, and you can find our individual handles in the show notes too. Uh, we really love hearing from you. So, you know, reach out and let us know what you think of the episode. Uh, cool. All right, let's do the uh, the intros and then get back into the story. Huh? All right. Thanks. Hey, do you guys got your fun facts ready? Uh, for one? I've had my fun fact ready for like three weeks. Yeah. Ooh. Is that your fun fact? <laughs> That's my fun fact, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, what's yours? Uh, sure. I uh, let me get my sheet ready because I uh, should have been doing that this whole time. I am Becca. I am playing Mira. She is a tiefling druid. Uh, for my convoluted fun fact this week, uh, so she had to befriend a lot of animals in the forest, and it's sometimes really difficult to do that, especially when she couldn't speak with them. So she used to give them little snacks to try to befriend them. And one of the main treats she would give animals as a sign of her friendship were little shamrocks. Ooh. Well, that's just sad now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well. <laughs> I had to tie it in somehow, right? <laughs> I mean, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the order this goes in. <laughs> Same. Uh, let me see. Um, it should be Becca, Casey, Tyler, Kelly, Chandler. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm Casey. I play Kira, the Kalistar monk rogue <laughs> kira's fun fact for this one is uh before she goes to sleep each night after her uh meditation uh she spends an hour mind link with thaddeus getting to know him and sharing stories thaddeus is your badger right yep wow <laughs> no that's his best friend <laughs> that's really good. Uh, like what kind of stories uh she gets to know him and like learn his uh do you want to hear want to hear thaddeus's uh backstory uh oh, yeah <laughs> It's not long. It's like two sentences. Yeah, hit me. Uh, His name is Thaddeus Silverpelt. Uh, He is heir to the throne of Belwick. Uh, He had his throne stolen from him when the usurper, Kragor Undertooth, killed Thaddeus' father, King Orpheus. Kragor framed... 
Thaddeus, uh, branded him Thaddeus Kinslayer, and he was banished from the kingdom. Okay, these are all badgers? Or? Yeah, they're all badgers. So he's going to be king of the badgers. Uh. Yeah. Well, he will be when he can get his throne back. I'm sure I'm sure his good friend Arnie will be able to help oh, him. Oh, no. That's not How canonical. did he end up in the pet store? Because he was banished. Okay. That's why he's, like, angry most of the time, because he's ashamed. <laughs> well, I'm glad we resolved that. Oh my gosh. I really thought I was being extra with my character sheet for my snake. And it turns out. <laughs> you weren't being even. extra enough. Yeah. Thank you for that delightful gift. Uh, I am Tyler. I play Cadmus Lightbringer, the half orc paladin. And the true fact about Cadmus is that the sword he uses used to belong to his dad. But when his dad died, uh, he uses the sword now, and it was just a normal sword until he made his oath as a paladin. And then suddenly, this engraving of this orcish phrase appeared on the sword, and whenever he kills stuff, it lights up. I like that you said sword. Sword. <laughs> I like that. that wasn't a fun fact, but that was a true fact. It's a fact. true fact. True That's fact. Right. It's not true fun, fact. but it's true. <laughs> wasn't fun for his dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's Kelly here. I mean, we all know this, but anyways, I play. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> I hate everything. Anyways, um, I play Harp. She's a changeling uh, ranger, and here's her fact: because she's traveled most of her life, she doesn't really carry around many souvenirs or mementos. She so she likes to sketch things down to remember them. Things she likes, even something basic like plants that she really likes. So. She likes to sketch them because she can't keep them. It's fair. Yeah, I like that. She She's a thief background. She can just steal no, them. No, but it's not about stealing them. It's like she can't take everything she likes because she's constantly traveling. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, does she, like, have, like, a collection of sketches? Or? Yeah, it's just, like, a little notebook. It's not, like, a big deal, but she just likes to draw them. Yeah, I love it. Hi, hello. My name is Chandler, but you all know that. Huh. Was, was that right there, Kelly? I'm so glad we're going to take that and run. <laughs> uh, I play Elwyn Peck, the elven warlock turned into a pseudo-dragon. Uh, fun fact about uh, Elwyn uh, is he actually spent a, uh, you know, back when he was younger, before his pseudo-dragon time, he spent a semester in a university taking acting classes. So... Messed around with some fun little accents and stuff, which also leads into why his voice changes all the time. And it's definitely not because I can't remember what his voice is. Right, yeah. Because of his acting class. Did he ever star in any productions? Uh, he, he did, actually. He was uh, he was in a, a small little uh, a musical. He was a very important part of the musical. He was tree number three. Solid. Right, because he's a wood elf? <laughs> Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, typical. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, I'm Corey, and I play everyone else. Uh, fun fact about everyone else. Can we can we request a specific fun fact about a specific NPC? Uh, yeah, that no, that actually sounds great. Go ahead. No, it, it just it just came to me. I, I didn't have like an NPC in mind, <laughs> but I was just like, can we can we start requesting fun facts about NPCs? No, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the blood guy. My- yeah, shoot. Here's my request. Uh, can you give us a fun fact about Anseal that will explain his use of blood magic? Okay, wait. <laughs> I swear I was thinking the same thing. 
I want to know more about Thaddeus, to be honest. <laughs> Listen, I am, like, at best a co-collaborator with my name in the footnotes on that one. Like, I don't have writing credits on that story at all. Can we get a fun fact on uh, time in the, uh, the masquerade shop? Uh, yeah, sure. Just let me... Uh, the most boring... NPC, you want to wait, know wait, about? You don't know. You don't know. That's what. The, that's how the fun fact is so fun. Um, yeah. So, a uh, fun fact about Tymon, the owner of the shop Masquerade, uh, he actually is just kind of temporarily filling in for his parents um, because they they went to go travel and like look for more fine masks to bring to the shop to sell, and they asked him to you know kind of like briefly relocate to Port Crescent and keep an eye on the shop and all that while they were out, and that was uh, almost exactly thirty years ago now. Oh, shoot, so side quest. Yeah. Both of his parents went out for beer and cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to tell him. But they left him a shop, so that means they they did love him. Yeah, it's like a huge financial burden, but I mean, it, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's uh, it's been a minute. But hey, last time on Vibe Proficiency, uh, you all interrogated, let's say, Hildry Fairhedge. That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, there's that. Uh, you did find some good info, though. After Harp changed herself into the spitting image of Kalimvor, and you all went about the tedious work of convincing her that either he walks among us changing his physical form to blend in, or equally wildly, that he can somehow take over a mortal host, like some kind of fantasy Agent Smith. <laughs> but wait, I'm just now remembering that there was like a third option where Harp is just like dressed as him, but you all do talk to him, but he's not here. Listen, like, none of the stories made much coherent sense, but we will figure out that tangled web as we go, I guess. <laughs> or he is actually here, but Harp just wasn't with us at the time. Yeah, she changed, like, right in front of Hildry and then literally moonwalked out of the room and said, hey, what did I miss? <laughs> she came back in as herself. Okay, let me just clarify. I thought we, like, knocked her on the head, and that's the story we're going with. No, I think you just, like, left partway through that exchange. I'm pretty sure we just left, too. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, uh, she did tell you why she had the crown and how she was trying to use it to solve a pretty big problem with Ansiel, the Asimer paladin who hired you to help find the source of the undead. A couple of conflicting stories going on there. Real he said, she said situation. But uh, she told you that he uses some kind of blood magic. So naturally Peck, who gave his blood to a local merchant and returned for a bag of holding recently, found himself in a bit of a bad headspace while the rest of the group, upon learning that any one of them may succumb to some kind of control by the way of this blood magic, made a cute little murder-suicide pact on this very chill <laughs> podcast of yucks and goof arounds. <laughs> I was not there for that. Well, you definitely were both times it came up. <laughs> but you also managed to remain non-committal so I definitely uh, you got that going that. for you which is nice uh, I think when we last left off Peck had just finished questioning Denor the owner of bloodletting about the shop and why he deals in blood uh, he didn't have a very compelling reason but he also didn't seem to be throwing up any huge red flags so Peck met back up with the group and you were all heading toward Ansel's place uh, so now what gang didn't we end it by going back to Anziel's place? I don't uh, you were on the way there. Yeah, because yeah, we didn't want to... We definitely didn't okay, rest. Okay, we're on our way. Yeah, I don't okay. think you rested yet because I think you wanted to like have a cohesive story before you went back to talk oh, to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we wanted to go back also because we didn't want to like suddenly he get suspicious if we start staying elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair, 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 fair. So we're walking. Yes. Walking and talking lowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. I did... Don't forget, I did get us rooms at... Um, oh, you did do... Yeah, you oh, did. that's true. Yeah, you did procure... At the Tabernacle. Yeah, yeah the alternative tabernacle. lodging at the Tabernacle. Yeah, uh, exactly. So what do you all think? Should we uh, go stay with Anziel or stay at the Tabernacle tonight? Well, perhaps we should check in with Anziel. Mm. 
So he still thinks we're investigating for him, huh. but we tell him we are performing at the Tabernacle tonight, and we can't stay. Oh, are, are, are we a band? Yeah. Uh, Okira is very proficient in flute, if you recall. <laughs> Just to get this, we're starting a band. About time. I've never been in a band before. <laughs> it wouldn't be unprecedented for us. I mean, we, we did get a free room through our music. Fair. What should we name our band? Thaddeus and the Bird Brains. <laughs> <laughs> Out of character, I was really fighting the urge to go back and buy the second snake and name it Garfunkel so then I could nice. play my liar with Simon and Garfunkel. But um, that's very that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, as much as I like that name, I, I, I think we do need to focus on the task at hand. Sure. So why don't we start with getting our story straight? I mean, wh- wh- what is there to get straight? Nothing unusual has happened to any of us. Everything has I gone mean, pretty straightforward. All of us, you know, normal stuff. Well, Y'all remember when Peck used to sound like Batman? Oh, is that what I, I, I don't remember Peck's. <laughs> that's, it's that's how you sound. Class. Yeah, that's how you sounded in episode one. Oh, was it like yeah, this? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I don't <laughs> remember. Neither does Peck. <laughs> Nailed it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, but there is nothing to get straight. All of our stories are straight. None of us have done anything unusual that needs getting straightening. Tell him that we we went to the house in the woods because that's where we told him we were going. And then um, we didn't find anything, and the person teleported away. Yeah, but we should look like we had some sort of progress, so he doesn't think we're a bunch of idiots either. Well, perhaps we should come up with a false look for this person we found. Describe them in a, a way that won't tie Hildry back to it, but we'll make it seem like we made some progress. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe we could describe Kelimvor to him. I'm pretty since- sure he he's a he's a paladin. I'm pretty sure he knows. Yes, but we might get some some sort of reaction. I thought we had spoken with Anziel about going to the Temple of Kelimvor, and he really didn't give us much of anything. We We could show him the scrolls. I I don't know. I I, I think that would tie things too closely to uh, the spelling bean. We don't want to create trouble there. I mean, how else are we going to buy scrolls? Or he could, you know, that could lead him to uh, Mildry. Mildry? Uh, yes, Mildred, yes. yes it, thank you, thank you. Like, it's really important to me that you and, by extension, our listeners know her name. Like, you guys know her name, right? Yeah, of course. It's, it's Hildred. Hildred. It's Hildred. Okay. I'm <laughs> looking at it right now. Listen, Elwyn doesn't know people's names. It's fine. Yeah, that's locked into canon. It is sure. canon, yeah. No, it is. It is absolutely Hello. canon. Yeah, last week he didn't know me- my name, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just tell him that uh, it was a masked person and we're looking further into it. We're going to ask around the town tomorrow to see if anyone may have may have seen anyone, and we just leave it at that. And don't give, show, don't show our hand before we're ready to stab. Show him. our hand. <laughs> sure. Yes. All right, and let's have a spokesperson because you you're just gonna ruin it for us. Are you talking to the dragon? Yeah. Uh, Oh, I assume she was talking to the person who wants to stab. I vote for uh, um, um, Marie, M- Myrna. If I remember <laughs> correctly, the last person I stabbed, we got what we wanted out of her. Uh, um, I don't blood. know. I, I vote I, I vote for Mira. Cadmus is, is a paladin, one of his own. So yes, but, but Cadmus is also just going to stab him. I'm very stabby right now. <laughs> I, I think it would be better coming from you. I'm sorry, but it's, you know. Uh, if you insist, I, I always speak with him. So should Cadmus wait outside then? Uh, I mean, uh, we can all go in and say hi I to think, him. I think Cadmus I don't know. should wait outside. 
I promise to whore I shall not stab him today. Well, that's Ooh, can you, convenient. Can you also promise not to bring up stabbing? I will not talk while I'm in there. <laughs> I, I think I think that works. All right. Then it's settled. So we go there and we do that. <laughs> we do the thing. <laughs> and it's a complete success. Please, utter, hey, roll for success. Yeah, that's a natural 20. We succeeded. Let me see. No, I already rolled. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I rolled my head. <laughs> okay. So the plan is that you're going to the manor. Uh, is Cadmus going in? Okay, I mean, I'll go in. Well, I mean, he promised he'd... Uh... I promised a whore I wouldn't talk. Okay, he better not address yeah, me. Yeah, but like talking is different from stabbing. <laughs> is it? But we don't have proof entirely that he's guilty. So until we have proof, there's nothing to take vengeance against him for. Would you look at that, dear listener? They're learning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I pull out the pamphlet of whore from, that Cadmus gave me, and I, I, I hand it to him. I say, remember, vengeance is only if they've done something wrong. We need to prove it first. <laughs> did you read the back of the pamphlet where it said an eye for an eye? I, I did. That's about as far as I've gotten. Okay. It has the tenets on the back of that. Okay, can you maybe give us a little outline of those? Uh, yeah, sure. Give me 10 seconds because I oh, wrote boy. them down. All right, I'm writing these tenets down so I can say I read them. Uh, uphold true and fitting justice and maintain the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. Fitting recompose will always accrue for one's accent, actions. Violence will meet violence and evil will pay back evil. But good will also come to those who do good. Makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, but I'm also seeing this bit in the notes you've sent me. Do not fall into the trap of pursuing evil acts for evil's sake. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm, you know. Oh, classic. Yeah, we have different translations of the sacred oath, I take it, yeah? Everyone shakes in their faith every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Vengeance must be sought for all injustices and all punishments must fit the crime. Revenge is sweetest when it is sharpened with irony. Yes. <laughs> all attacks must be avenged. Yes. Uh, those who do not respond to attacks against their person or that which they hold dear only invite future attacks. Okay. Yes. I see you, Enderwigan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> maybe okay, maybe wow. now you understand me a bit more. Great to know. Thank you for that. Someone needs to be stabbed for what happened. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you all head to the northern part of town, back to the manor. Uh, you're greeted at the entrance by someone who offers to take your cloaks and stuff. I'd like to add that uh, I don't give them my cloak. I keep my clothes. Okay, sure. Uh, and then they, you know, they offer you anything you might need from the kitchen. And while they're talking to you, Ansel emerges from his study down the hall and catches your eye. And he smiles warmly towards the group of you and says, Ah, my friends, you've returned. How go your many endeavors? Uh, I wish we brought more news of success, but we did find some things out. Uh, there was a cloaked figure in, in the house in the, in the forest. Uh, but unfortunately, they disappeared before we could see any detail. Uh, so the mission is still ongoing. He, you know, he kind of like nods pensively for a moment and he says, how unfortunate. Entirely so. And this person, they slipped away from all five of you? They must be incredibly formidable. Uh, some kind of magic. We weren't able to tell. Ah, yes, I see, of course. It's disappointing to get so close and have them slip through your grasp, but I'm just glad for your safety, my friends. Uh, what do you intend to do now? Uh, we found that we might be able to get some information down at the tabernacle. I believe we might stay there tonight. Try to see what we can find out from the folks there. There's been many figures, hooded and otherwise, wandering around, and maybe they've seen someone out of place. Yeah, he says, uh, by all means, of course, get in touch with the common man. Ask about and see if you can come up with any new leads. Is there anything I can provide you with in lieu of your rooms tonight? Definitely not any bacon. <laughs> he smiles warmly and says, 
Elwin, my kitchen is always open. Would you like some bacon? I, a good bacon, yeah. I'm not going to find it here. Uh, his, uh, his thick gray brows ever so slightly lift as he's maybe just like the tiniest bit offended, but trying not to show it. Good. And, uh, yeah, and he says, of course, there are many wonderful places to eat here in our lovely city. Yes, but the, the tabernacle does have, uh, one might say, uh, 19 out of 20 bacon. <laughs> he says, uh, of course, my friend, I, I understand. Before you go, permit me to assist. And he holds up a finger as he walks back to his study and reemerges, just digging through a fine cloth pouch. And he says, It only seems right that I provide the coin for your stay at the inn tonight. It's been so long since I've... Uh, would 25 gold pieces cover it, perhaps? And you hear one of the nearby staff sort of like trip when they overhear that. Like, that's a bit of an overestimation. Uh, I believe it was 25 gold a person. Yeah, this time his eyebrows really do shoot up, and he, like, gives a tiny start, and he says, Are you quite certain? I presumed that inns still charged by the room these days, and that they tended to contain several beds. I mean, this is the tabernacle of all places. It's a very, very nice place, you know? (laughs) Yeah, uh, roll deception. Uh, That would be a dirty 20. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Uh, yeah, he says, friends, my apologies. I didn't realize I was so out of touch. Yes, yes. I think there's might be like a convention in town. A convention in town. Uh, yeah, he counts out 25 for each of you and hands it your way. Great. I reach out and grab it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as soon as he smart. holds it out, I take it. Yeah. Uh, so Peck cannot. Smart choice. Yeah, he hands it to Mira and says, I trust you'll keep me informed of any information you come across. I would certainly like to mitigate any of these undead attacks in the future. Of course, and if you find anything else, you know where we will be. Uh, I take the coin and I say, we'll we'll use this wisely and we'll keep you informed. Thank you for your time. Of course, my friends, of course. My door is always open. Even if I'm not around, everyone here knows they're to attend you should you need anything. Uh, Good day, and I turn and leave. Yeah, he gives you all a little half bow as you exit and he closes the door behind you. Uh, What's the plan? I hold I my hand out for my money. <laughs> I divide it evenly. Hey guys, you're welcome. I got you, I got you some money. Thanks. <laughs> I really hope he is up to no good if we're going to take this much from him. Either way, I think it's okay that we take this much from him. How much work have we done for him already? Either way, I think it's it's all in good payment. I'm okay accepting this money at this point in time. I just want to know, have we ever seen any pets or anything around that uh, mansion? I mean... Pets. Yeah, like, are there cats or rats or other things that if they were to have showed up? (laughs) Just trying to figure out how weird it would be if, like, say, a cat showed up outside his office. Uh, Yeah, I mean, let's say that uh, because of the proximity to the large, like, green space park type area nearby, uh, you've probably seen a lot of cats, especially in the northern part of town. Uh, presumably, like, keeping the rodent population at bay. Were you, like, planning on some shape-shifting hijinks? Or? Yeah, I have almost no fun abilities right now until we short rest. Okay. Uh, should we go to Bloodletting and see if anybody has given him any strange any strange blood? Anything that could be, that could be used you know against what, us? Do you, do you know what Bloodletting is? Have you seen the sign? Yeah, like you're making your way back into the heart of town, and from here you can see the sign for bloodletting. But uh, Chandler's right. Yeah, Peck is the only one who knows what it is they actually do there. Mm-hmm. I, I did stop by that store. Um, they they do actually uh, delve in uh, mostly uh, magical artifacts. It's a very interesting name. To be honest with you all, um, the guy is the guy is a bit of a weird one. Um, hmm. I suppose if if the, if you guys wanted to, you could head there and, and, and check it out. 
Are you not <laughs> going to come with us? Oh, no, I was already there the other day. I, I've not really my style. I figured I'd go oh. check out another shop. So we should just mention that we know you to him. Is that what <laughs> oh, you're yeah, saying? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Which store are you thinking of uh, going to? Oh, I haven't been by the mask shop in a while. I figured I might stop in there. I'll go with you. Yeah, you want to come? Yes, I will. (laughs) Yeah, sure, let's go. I think you owe me a mask, and I think we just got paid. I definitely don't owe you a mask. Pretty sure last time you said you would have bought it for me if you had a little bit more money. Uh, Yes, but uh, it's it's a 50 gold mask. I only have You just got 25 gold, and I know you have more gold. No, actually, I I think I'm just going to take a walk around the park. Oh, let me come with you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. I like Kira's plan. I will follow her. Yeah, I'll do the same. Okay. Uh, Kira Mira Harp, you are headed to Bloodletting. Cadmus and Peck, uh, what's the game plan here? We're going to the mask shop. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of walking around right now. Yeah, but you you have really small legs, so it's not going to be hard for Cadmus to catch up. To I'm you. riding on my unseen servant. <laughs> I, ha- I take very long strides, <laughs> average strides, one might say. Awkward strides. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, let's start with the three of you at Bloodletting then. Before we go there, I just want to make sure because every time we go into a store, none of us have uh, the right questions to ask. Are we just going to see what their latest customers are? Are we going to be blunt about it? Well, we'll see what they are offering. I mean, they have blood in their name and we're looking for blood magic. It seems like a good place to start. And depending on what they sell, we can see if anyone strange has come in lately. Okay, sounds good to me. So we'll play it cool. Let's do it. Okay, yeah. You all walk up to the storefront, and as the three of you file in through the door, the just oddity of this place envelops you. It's it's maybe darker than you'd expect. Uh, most of the shops you've visited here have been like well lit and appealing, inviting spaces, but this is uh, well, it's different. Kira, this place reminds you a bit of your childhood home, especially the large room your mother had decorated with imported curiosities from all over Faerun. Of course, your father didn't have the heart to disturb that room once she was gone, and the two of you tended not to use it at all. But the sweet smell of accumulated dust on antique furniture takes you back there a bit. We're talking like a like a Borgen and Burks kind of kind of motif. Yeah, if you need like a reference, yeah, picture that, but maybe less like inherently emo. Yeah. <laughs> If if Peck had a realization as they've walked off, like they can already be in the store, uh, can I change my path and now go to that to go to Bloodletting? That's not suspicious. I mean, sure, yeah. Uh, Cadmus is with you, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's following me. I just go. Uh, actually, why why don't we go catch up with them? We we can all go in there together. Are you sure? I was I wanted to have a heart to heart with you. <laughs> no, no. I figure we should go to the to the blood store. I don't really have the money to buy a mask. Mm, okay, I, I suppose we'll save the heart-to-heart for another time. Uh, yes. Okay, uh, for the three of you that are already in there, uh, you hear someone moving heavy objects just out of sight, and you hear, one moment, if you please. And this sort of like spindly tall man emerges from the back carrying some kind of large painted urn, and he sets it on a pedestal that's just kind of waiting empty nearby. And after he positions it just so, uh, he clasps his hands together in front of him and turns to greet you with a smile, and he says... Welcome to Bloodletting. Can I assist you in finding anything in particular today? Not in particular, but we did notice your store from the street. Uh, Seems to have some lovely things here. He gives you like a a deep nod and he says, You're too kind, thank you. I do pride myself in carrying some of the more interesting and far-flung items here in Central Plaza. My name is Denor. It's a pleasure to meet you. 
Uh, well, Denor, I am Mira. Uh, uh, but our, we have a friend. You might have met him. He said he came in here. Uh, Peck? He says, hmm, perhaps. If I'm honest, there are some gaps in my memory as of late. Uh, could you perhaps describe your friend? Uh, well, uh, tall-ish man, mask, kind of uh, wobbly on his feet sometimes. He carries a pseudo-dragon with him. Ah, of course, of course. An interesting sort of fellow, isn't he? He's been kind enough to come by on more than one occasion of late. Oh, oh, he just spoke so highly of your store, we had to check it out. He smiles again, and then something over your shoulder catches his eye, and he says, Well, what timing. Hello again. Mm, this kind of looks like a hot topic in here. <laughs> I'm, I immediately look at Denor, uh, and I connect with him with my mind, and I go, No matter what you say, you have to trust me on this. Do not tell them that I sold you pseudo-dragon blood. Please do this for me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this is Awakened Mind, I take it? Uh, awakened Mind, I can te- telepathically speak to any cre- creature you can see within 30 feet of you if it understands at least one language. It's a it's a warlock thing. Okay, yeah. Everyone else roll a perception check while I roll for how Denor is going to take this. I got a 13. Oh, yikes. Oh, I got an 11. 20. You got a 7. <laughs> uh, I got a 24 with a nat 20. Okay, Kira, you followed Denor's gaze back to the door, noticing the two of them walk in. And you kind of feel Peck's body language shift. The Unseen Servant is pretty much the same as ever, but Peck sitting on the shoulder is tense and focused on Denor. And strangely, you also notice Denor stiffen up a bit. It's like Peck's mere presence caught his attention so much that he froze for just like a half moment. All right, so I do that, and then I, I, I turn to everyone else, and I go, um, oh, we just figured we'd come join you all here. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, uh, we felt like we were about to have a heart-to-heart, and then he just suddenly <laughs> felt compelled to come here for some reason. Denor sort of gives a resigned smile to you, Peck, and he says, Ah, of course, you must be here to fulfill your end of our previous bargain, correct? <laughs> no. Oh. Just turn and look at Peck. He smiles to the rest of you and says, When you purchased that lovely bag from me, you were just a little bit short on coin, and you said you'd bring the remaining 25 gold the next time you were in Central Plaza. Uh, Yes, of of, of course. Of course. And he starts to come around from behind the counter. I I walk up to him at the counter. I walk over to him. Okay. uh, Yeah, he puts his hand out to you. Uh, this saccharine sweet smile across his face, just politely waiting for your coin. I, uh, also, to note, he's staring at a mask because I don't. I, <laughs> yeah. Did I? I didn't tell him I was a dragon yet, did I? No, no. Uh, I uh, reach into my pocket and I take out the money and I go. I put it in his hand and I go, "There you are." So thank you again so much. And as I hand him the money in his head, I tell him, "Thank you for this." He bows and says, "I'm so glad to see our mutual goodwill hasn't tarnished." <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Thank you. So you, you all, you have you have met uh, Denor, correct? I mean, we're getting to know him. We were just introduced. Uh, yes, yes. Come come over. Um, he's he's a wonderful, wonderful gentleman. <laughs> kind of dark in here, isn't it? Well, I find that as silly as it might be, the atmosphere attracts a certain clientele that happens to be mm. good for business. You want the, the emo punks? I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to, because you said there's a lot of candlelight, right? It's definitely lit enough that you can see, but it's it's on the dim side. Okay, just looking at him, I want to use uh, my thaumaturgy. I want to make the flames like kind of do like a little dance and say, yeah, you must have quite an interesting clientele with a shop like this. Truthfully, the stranger my window display becomes, the more passers-by seem to be compelled to peruse the shop. Every shop needs a gimmick these days. I'm sure you've noticed around town. I, I certainly agree, and we are uh, quite interested in, in magics ourselves, uh, Say, you wouldn't be able to share a story with us about maybe one of your your more exciting clients. He says, well, I'm not sure what kind of stories you're looking for, exactly. 
I haven't really had any celebrity sightings in the shop, that's for certain. I'm afraid that my memory isn't what it used to be, and I tend to have a hard time with names and faces, but I do recall some of the stories. For instance, and he like walks over to a sword mounted on a display stand in the glass case nearby and says, This sword was once owned by a man I met during my travels who claimed it was imbued with luck. Now, I'm not sure about all of that, but he did regale me with many tales of combat. He said he seemed to always feel that his blows landed more cleanly and strongly when he was in a particular bind and things looked bleak. Of course, I was a younger man then, and I admit, more prone to spending money, perhaps a bit frivolously, and I couldn't resist. I did have the sword examined by an associate who said that it contained a waning magic, though she was unable to determine its purpose at the time. Once I opened the shop, it became decoration, and not long ago, I found myself compelled to sell it, along with many other pieces in my personal collection. That sounds quite lovely. Uh, and I turn to the group and I say, you know who might enjoy something like this? Uh, our dear friend Anseal. Do you know our friend Anseal? <laughs> he says, well, of course, indeed. Who in Port Crescent doesn't know of him? Yes, uh, we've been staying with him for a while. My, my. How did you find yourself in such good graces as to be invited to stay with the captain of the guard? Well, if you recall the undead from a little while back, we sort of helped with that one. You see, like, recognition and a smile spread across his face, and he, like, kind of snaps and points at you as if remembering something, and he says, I've heard stories of a group of civilians who protected Janetto Square and even saved a group of wayward guards. Could you have been this group? Uh, yes, yes, that was us. Well, I'm honored to have you in my shop. I just assumed it was a bit of an exaggeration, and yet here you stand. My apologies. Oh, the, the honor is ours. Now, how much would a sword like this cost? Yikes, <laughs> this is what I again. wanted to I get to. Uh, how's Peck doing as this subject comes up? I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just there. I'm just like looking around and just like, uh, playing it cool. Wow, man, how many? Wow, that many ceiling tiles, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Denor says, uh, "Well, for something this near and dear to my younger self, I would normally ask five or six, but for local heroes, let's say four. Four T gold." <laughs> Oh, my apologies. I had just assumed our friend here had explained, no, four vials. Uh, and he gestures to the shelves behind the counter, and they're just lined with perfectly organized and meticulously spaced out vials of dark red liquid. And suddenly the name of the shop makes much more sense to all of you. So why did our friend Peck pay 25 gold for a bag of holding? Uh, well, I, I didn't. I It was, I had managed to... Uh, gather some uh, some blood that I was using for experiments in the past, but it, was, it wasn't it was that great of blood, so we worked out an agreement, to, you know. <laughs> he, uh, he sees you floundering and says, of course I do attempt to keep my personal dealings and the dealings of the shop separate, but occasionally concessions must be made. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you do with the blood once we exchange it? I don't understand it as a currency. He kind of blinks at you and says, you know, nobody's ever asked before, now that I think of it. As I said, I, I feel compelled to collect them, but once I have them, I'm not entirely sure what to do. Though I do find it interesting to sort of take stock on it, compositionally speaking. Here, and he pulls out one of the many tiny notebooks just neatly nestled underneath one of the vials, and the vial just happens to be labeled Direwolf, and he turns around to show you the notes on the small pages. Uh, rudimentary illustrations of a large wolf dwarfing a smallish humanoid figure drawing next to it for scale. Uh, notes on viscosity, color, makeup, musings in the margins. It's all very neat and tidy. 
and it's maybe a bit reminiscent of your own scholarly notes, Peck. Uh, And he says, I'm not sure if this is interesting to anyone but myself, but I do hope that someday it can be of some use, perhaps. I'm sure you're aware that there are many creatures across the lands, and they all have very different makeup, internally speaking. Some of these creatures have actually adapted to have corrosive or even toxic blood. I do wonder if understanding their blood could be the key to combating these effects. But of course, we're veering into conversation you didn't ask for, aren't we? What was your question again? So it's, what, four vials of random blood? Or are you looking for a specific species? Well, if someone as clearly capable as yourself were to slay something particularly interesting, I'd certainly appreciate them bringing it here. I'd be willing to make a trade. It's more of a barter system than a fixed price sort of thing you understand. Of course. And- yeah, see, he's he, very, very well uh, explained there. See, guys, don't you? Very, very great shop. It is, and, and pursuit of knowledge is always a noble one. Uh, Absolutely. Speaking of, uh, we, we are very interested in, in learning about new things as well. Now, this, forgive me, it, it may sound odd, but do you ever sell the blood for research and other purposes? You know, I have an affinity for animals. Uh, I'm certainly willing to part with, well, any of the specimens in theory. Is it specifically just animals and beasts, or do you also use humanoid bloods? He says, of course, I wouldn't want to encourage anyone to go about taking samples, but I'd surely be interested in, well, anyone's, as long as they're comfortable with providing it. I'm just covering my bases. As you can see, I'm a holy paladin. (laughs) So out of character, I'm trying so hard to see if changelings can change their blood type when they change. Is someone looking into selling their own blood? No, I'm just is someone, curious. Is someone contemplating selling their own blood right now? Listen, I think that would be... It has nothing to do with the pact. <laughs> but we can negotiate and do some stuff. I gotta say that when you change, you're mimicking an outward change, not like altering your whole, you know, makeup. Dang. Okay, I was curious. I like where your head's at, though. Yeah, I wanted to see if I can do some leveraging here. and <laughs> <laughs> But uh, never mind. Plan's out the door, y'all. What were you going to do? Sell blood? No, I'm just like, if we could get some more info out of him by enticing him type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, he see obviously this is like his thing, so... I mean, he seems uh, open about everything. We could just literally just ask him any question. He'll probably just tell us. Like, maybe we just ask him... Uh, what types of blood he's got. Can you, uh, if they ask that question, can you answer in form of a song? What? <laughs> I've got dire wolf and dog and cat. <laughs> yeah, the three mythical creatures. Dire wolf. <laughs> Those are the only three I can think of. Uh, fair. Uh, so are, are you all ready to head back to the uh, tabernacle now? I suppose. Get a yeah, nice yes. rest. All right. I guess we go to the tabernacle. Okay, Chandler, I saw you sent me a message. Let me... Uh, uh, can I swing by and do that thing I asked you about? Um, yeah, sure. How much How much does that cost me? Uh, let me whisper it to you. One second. Secrets. Yeah, yeah, listen, you guys will find out, like, the next game day. As soon as we go to sleep and wake up, you guys will find out. But the, the, big, re- the big reveal has to happen. As soon as we way. go to sleep and wake up with your unseen servant uh, mage-handing us to death, like joking <laughs> us. Oh, it's just the unseen servant itself? <laughs> oh, it's just stuffing the cloth down our throats. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that sounds good to me, Corey. Cool, just mark it on the sheet for me. It is done. So did Perfect. he keep your money, Chandler, or did he give it back to you? Oh, he definitely kept it. <laughs> I bought a silence. I 
was so happy for that DM power play. Yeah. That was a good. What a power <laughs> that play. Was. That I had on his sheet. It says, uh, always looking for the next opportunity. Hey, hey, and you know what? Elwin Peck can respect that. Of anyone to pull the play on, it it had to be like, Elwin. Like in my in, in Elwin's head, he was like, mm, hate this guy, but I also kind of love him for this. Yeah. <laughs> so do, do we all go to bed? Uh, can we get some bacon before we go to bed? Uh, let me roll something first. Random encounter. <laughs> wolves. Yeah, just wolves <laughs> Where did all in these town. Wolves come from. It was the blood? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, after Denor bids you farewell and gives Peck a knowing nod and a smile on your way out. Uh, you begin towards the corner of Central Plaza that the Tabernacle calls home. Uh, on your way, though, you hear a small commotion in one of the alleyways nearby. There's some kind of scuffle going on. Uh, what are you all doing? I will go investigate. It's a random event. Okay. As you make your way closer to the corner of the alleyway, you get visibility on the source of the noise, and you clock five figures at the far end of the narrow sliver between the tall buildings. Uh, four of them are standing with their backs to you, just broad-shouldered individuals in dock workers' Oof. attire, and the last is sort of a shorter, portly-looking man in a defensive position, crouched down with his arms up to deflect small scraps and pebbles that they're throwing at him while shouting. Time to be Batman. You there! Stop that! And I draw my sword and I point it at them. Uh, three of them turn to face you, and one looks you quickly up and down, noticing that your armor doesn't match that of the town guard, and glares at you and says, Beat it, outsider. This doesn't concern you. And the group of them turns back around to continue advancing towards the man on the ground. I cast Compelled Duel. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> at him for, as for a no. bonus action. Are the rest of us just standing outside of the, the alleyway just watching him do this? Like, oh, wow, okay, I guess he's really into this. No, I'm going to run up next to him. <laughs> Tell me more about Compelled Duel. It says... I attempt to compel a creature into a duel. The creature I can see within range must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is drawn to you, compelled by my divine demand. The duration has disadvantage on all attack rolls against any creature other than me and must make a wisdom save each time it attempts to move into a space that is more than 30 feet away from me. Okay, and your save is uh, save 12? Save is 12. Okay, wisdom you said? Wisdom save of 12. And as I do that, I'll say... Pick on someone your own size. Is that character voice? Yes, his he's like more heroic. He's like Batman at this point. <laughs> he got a three. Uh, so he is compelled to duel, I suppose. He, he just, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like opposite of fear where he has to run away from me. He has to like. He has to run at me. Okay, yeah. Um, he hears you still back there not taking the hint. And he shakes his head and turns back around and takes a couple steps closer to you. And he's maybe a bit bigger than you estimated at first glance. And he smiles this cocky smile and says, someone your size? I'm about to witcher this guy is what I'm about to do. <laughs> so I'm just going to have my sword pointed at him. And as he's walking towards me, I'm going to get in like a fighting stance and wait for him to attack first because I'm not going to draw the first blood. A good fighter always lets them get one hit in first. Okay. Uh, as he walks towards you and you brandish your father's sword at him, uh, he unsheaths this slender, sharp blade with an ornate cage of a protective hilt. A skinny blade. Yeah, a, a thin blade for a broad man. And as a skilled fighter yourself, this sort of indicates to you that he might be relying on more quick, precise blade work. And that's weird because at a glance, you kind of had him pegged for more of a broad, sweeping, powerful sort of fighter. He's a rogue. And he stops maybe 10 paces from you, between you and the rest of his group. And he points the blade directly towards your face and says, you think you've got what it takes? I recommend you tell your friends to watch this lesson that's about to be taught to you. He looks over his shoulder and catches the gaze of one of his friends 
and she shares a long laugh with him before he resumes walking towards you and she turns back to the man on the ground. I'm going to like do a little sword, you know, that sword flip, like I'm getting ready to fight. I shall not attack him first. <laughs> a little swish swish. You know what, when they like roll it on their hand, you know what okay, I mean? I yeah. am also taking my quarter step off my back. Okay. Is this like a dead end alley type thing? Yeah. Okay. Once I hear Cadmus yelling, like the pick on someone your own side, that's when I'm going to make my way around. Okay. So I'm still probably in the back, but I'm 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 heading there. I'm I'm in my own head, and then I just follow Mira. Okay. So everyone rounds the corner into the alleyway, and you all see the scene clearly now. Uh, Cadmus squaring off against this burly man, swords drawn, clearly each trying to intimidate the other into making the first move. And beyond them, this man is on the ground, getting shouted at and pelted by the others. I'll uh, yell to Cure. What's what's going on here? Uh, these four homies, evil doers, <laughs> lovers, <laughs> humanoids are picking on this this poor defenseless man. Do we know why? All I see is injustice being served before me, and I'm itching for a fight. Harp is gonna send off a warning shot towards like the ground nearest foot. Ooh. If that, I mean, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, you loose an arrow into the dirt and gravel around the man's feet, and immediately his expression changes from cocky and self-sure to angry. Perfect. And he stops in his tracks for just a moment and glares at you, Cadmist, and says, and here I thought we were going to do this like gentlemen. And he starts running towards you. Let's roll for initiative. Are you there, whore? It's me, Cadmus. <laughs> I don't know why that's stuck in my head, but I'm really, really mad that now I just have a line of music in my head going dire wolf and dog and cat. <laughs> Bonneville Yeti, Acolyte Adult Black Dragon. It just goes like that. It's great. You're just going through the monster manual? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, uh, I've got Center Cloaker, Cow and Crab. Nice. Deer Diviner, Dolphin Doppelganger. Dolphin Doppelganger? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> giant frog and giant shark. Don't forget the knoll. And I also have half ogre, harpy hawk, got a hellhound, and uh, crack it. Okay. 